0: Hell. Lindsay May. Bad How Podcast. Bad How Podcast. It was really fun. Is it Lindsay? I don't have a Lindsay to live because I'm getting serious study all vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay May, I happened to listen to your topic yesterday. I'm like, oh wow. Much needed, much needed, much needed. She picked up all of us. Like I listened to that whole thing. Man, she had some great subjects. Yeah, she was super entertaining to listen to. Like I was really entertained by by the entire episode. That you said was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. She's a cool chick, I like her ass. Oh man, that's good stuff. So impressed. I'm very impressed. I like that. And I really just think you're fucking awesome. She is awesome. She has a story of survivorship as well. The way she spoke and Lindsay, I love you. God bless you, Lindsay. Miss Lindsay, I respect the hell out of you. Like, when I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. What's up? What's up with it, everybody? Welcome to the Bad Cow Podcast Show. First things first. Before we get started, I just want to say thank you to the returning listeners who came back, the new listeners who stopped by. You both chose to have me in your speakers today, and I really appreciate it. As always, I hope you enjoy today's badness here we go. What is up with it? Before I start this episode with my normal list of apologies, I just want to say you look great. It's been a minute since I have seen you guys last and you all look fucking fantastic. Did you lose weight? Something different, haircut, something, but you look phenomenal. Phenomenal. I thought I would start this episode with at least some flattery before the laundry list of I'm sorry's and the I know I've been gone for forevers because this one was pretty exceptional. I think this was the new record for the longest break between episodes. Why, you may ask? Well, Well, uh, in all honesty... It's because I was uh, cheating on you guys, real slutting it up. I was doing, um, and I was doing so for good intentions, really. Um, I actually went and got myself a big girl job, you know, like a real adult. And uh, it was mostly, I mean, it only came down to money. It has nothing to do with you. It was me, not you. Uh, And you can blame Spotify because they pay me shit for this podcast. So, I mean, it was kind of out of necessity, I have to say. You know, when wives don't sleep with their husbands for, like, years, at some point he's going to go find some other tale, okay? That's all I was doing. But I came back like the prodigal girl I am. So maybe instead of me apologizing, I'll just say, You're welcome. How about that? Because I didn't have to come back. Yep, that's right. I was a a real, live, working girl. But not quite the red light, uh, you know, scene I'm usually in. Uh, No, this was a real-life, actual paycheck on the books job I had. And to be honest, I wanted to tell you guys about it. The whole time I was still at that job. But I couldn't. One, because I was tired as shit. You know, working 40 hours a week can be a little taxing. But there was also like HIPAA violation risks that I couldn't uh, quite get around. You'll understand why in a minute. But I hope you'll take me back because I'm no longer seeing that job anymore. It wasn't all it was cracked up to be. The grass was not greener on the other side. And now that I'm no longer employed or affiliated with them, I can blow the whistle on that bitch. And I can't wait to do so. Might be the most satisfying blow job this working girl has ever given. And that says a lot, trust. So I was gone because I was Trying to do what everybody told me to do and grow the fuck up. You know. Which, uh, for those of you who have been listening for a while, know that that's not easy for me to do. Growing up, one, yes, obviously. But getting a job, quite difficult when you got a couple felonies. Um, so I had to... Uh, I had to think outside the box, right? I wasn't going to be able to do jobs that I was used to. Because most of my... Criminal background is lightweight frowned upon from those fields. So I had to go try something new, something different, something I'd never done before, at least not in this capacity. Um, I was able to find a job at a rehab, pretty much, a uh, substance abuse recovery program here in the city I work or live in. And actually, you know what? Fuck it. Well, let's just let's just put their whole goddamn name out there. Archway Recovery Services Program, whatever the fuck you want to put there, because in all honesty, those terms are definitely. You know, I don't I don't even have, I venture to say they're not really accurate for what the fuck goes on there, but that's what they uh, you know, that's what their license says. So we'll go with that. Feel free to look them up and not send anybody you care about who's trying to get off of drugs to this program. Now, again, I chose this field, one, because it was the only one that would let me work there with my uh, rap sheet, but also because they viewed my rap sheet and the activities I did to, you know, (laughs) acquire that rap sheet, they weren't tripping off it. In fact, they considered it life experience and something that would actually be useful at this job. Score, the only thing I can say I was doing for the past, I don't know, seven years Uh, was drugs. Like, people would ask me, what do you do for a living? Drugs. Bitch, I do drugs. Drugs. That's what I do. Doesn't pay great, but, uh... (laughs) That's what I do. Right? So I, uh, was pretty excited when I got the interview for this job, and then even more stoked when I actually got the motherfucker. Because not only am I able to finally get on the books with a paycheck somewhere but I'm not going to be the only fuck up there because they hire addicts all the time. So everyone's going to kind of just know off top that uh, I've screwed my life off. And not only have I done that, but there's other people here who have done it probably worse than me. Yay! Finally, I'm not the best at fucking up. I thought I would be a little bit more upset about that, but I'm not. Turns out I don't like being the best at that. So it seemed like such a calling right it just it was like all signs are pointing to this being a great success as Borat would say but you know when it seems too good to be true bitch chances are so yeah I wanted to do episodes the entire time I was working there so I started working there back in I don't know July-ish I know it was sometime in the summer because my son wasn't in school yet. And uh, I have separated from that place of employment less than a week ago. And I should have just came on and did a podcast that day. But, you know, I thought I'd let it stew for a minute. I wasn't even sure if I was going to share it because why bring up old shit? Well, because, you know, not only did that old shit deviate me from you guys, you awesome motherfuckers, you. But it also kind of derailed a lot of my life. It's interesting that since it was a substance recovery program, it showed did nothing for my recovery, let's just say, and uh, kind of had a ripple effect into my home life, into my personal life, into just a whole bunch of other parts of my life that wasn't paying me enough for it to do so. But I tried to stick it out because I was really thankful to get the job. I liked that my son was able to tell people, like, my mom actually has a job. Like, that was the biggest selling point for me. Like, I just wanted my kid to be proud of me. Um, and I think he still is. At least that's what I'm going to tell myself so I can sleep at night. And it's not like I won't find another job. But I uh, I want to not only share it with you guys, but I really want to get all of this shit off my chest, out of my head, and away from my life for forever. And I'm hoping I can do that with you right now, if you'll let me. So, Archway Recovery Services. First, I'm going to start with, you know, whatever their brochure pitch about themselves might look like. Because that's probably what I would have given you if I had done this episode any sooner during my employment. They probably would have told you something like uh, that it's a really great, awesome program. You know, where anybody who wants to get off drugs can come get off drugs here. You know, right? Um, so it's a substance abuse rehab. It's state funded. And it's mostly Medi-Cal people or or other individuals who don't have any kind of insurance. I mean, I'm sure they accept private insurance or self-pay individuals, but none of those motherfuckers come to this program for good reason. It's it's like a county hospital, you know? It's Band-Aids. It's a place to be more often than not for people who are either trying to avoid some type of legal justice, like jail or something, or people that are court-mandated. They have to be there for probation or... Whatever. I mean, of course, you'll get your anomalies every once in a while. And it's just somebody who's there to really work on themselves. But (laughs) it's not the majority. Rarely. At least during my time there, that was few and far between was the case, you know. This particular rehab has most of the steps of, I think it has all the actual phases of what recovery typically looks like. And that includes a detox facility, a long-term residential facility, along with a few sober living environments. And an intensive outpatient program. It's an all-male program, at least during my time. I think they are actually turning one into a female women's program as we speak. But during my tour, it was all male clients. Which is fine with me because, honestly, women are harder for me to deal with, believe it or not. Girls just don't like me. Girls don't really like each other, period. Okay, Especially if they're fucking coming off drugs. I don't want to deal with that shit heaven forbid one of them be on their fucking cycle while they're trying to kick the mess, bitch, get the fuck away from me. No, thank you. So yeah, that's it. And now, so it's, it's just an awesome place that's just trying to do some good in the world. I think at one of the staff meetings, they said they were really aiming for Solano County to be completely free of the homeless epidemic, meaning that people who were on the streets, because of their substance abuse could come to a program and really get some help and whatever they can just improve themselves while they're there they're gonna get their meals they're gonna have somewhere to stay and they can just focus on them it would help you out with your medical issues if you had any your dental issues if you had any they would set you up with psychiatrists, some therapy some you know they would even let you go to church and shit that's that's what they pump that's their message and again Had I done this episode, uh, you know, two weeks ago, I would have totally pushed that same narrative, even though I'm well aware that it is not. So these quote unquote facilities are just houses with bunk beds in them so that it could fit as many motherfuckers in there as possible because each head in there is a paycheck to this place. And what they do with that paycheck? Well, I can't say that they spend it on awesome food because most of what we feed those clients are Costco donations of expired shit. And it's definitely not put towards staffing because uh, we're shorthanded, let's say. We'll dive into that in a minute. Um, And more often than not, people that graduate from the program return to the program within, I don't know, less than three months. So the success rate is not, it's not even there, I don't think. You know, and they're basically just renting houses and calling it rehabs. And now one might think, well, Lindsay, you know, if it's county funded, what do you expect? You have to have somewhere to put people. You're right you're absolutely right but I don't think we should treat people like animals because they don't have money or medical insurance I don't think we should treat people who are wanting their recovery like they're in trouble versus in treatment I don't think we should cut corners when it comes to their recovery i.e. having nowhere near enough staff available to meet the needs of the clients on any given day but that's kind of what's going on. And maybe they're just trying to make do and, you know, maybe make some... I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do with their lemons, but it's not lemonade. Let's say that. Um. So when I interviewed for this job, I was all excited, right? Because they were going to be super juiced that I had actually done drugs and was trying to help other people now get off of drugs. They thought I was a shoo-in and so did I. And they hired me as a position they call a recovery technician. A rec tech, as they like to call it, because it's cute and it rhymes. Um, And basically what a rec tech is, it's like, think of nurse to doctor. You know, I'm not a counselor. I'm not accredited or certified or anything. I'm just basically a fuck up with a GED. And I'm going to make sure the place keeps running. It's just somebody who is there to fulfill all the essential duties that need to be done during the day. Make sure the house and and the building is, is staying basically, you know, in operation mode. All the ins and outs. It's a pretty large number of hats we will say that a rec tech wears. So I'm all excited, right? My first day, I can't wait. I can't wait to get in here and just save some lives. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm positive. I'm going to help all the people that nobody else wants to help because basically at this rehab in particular, this is where society sends its discards. Probably just so they don't have to look at them, but they say that it's for their own good. And hopefully for the few people in there that are actually wanting their recovery, they can perceive it that way as well. Maybe then it will be able to say we actually helped someone. Let's hope. Let's just hope. We're crossing our fingers on that one. But don't hold your breath. Um, so, yeah, they hired me as a rec tech. My first day there, though, however, that is when I'm informed that I am the cook. Cooking what, bitch? Um, what are you talking about? Do we need... <laughs> What are we cooking? Do we need some baking soda? Do we need some glass jars? What are we cooking here, bitch? Because I don't cook. I I, I burn fruit snacks. I don't cook. Like, I don't cook. I microwave, but that's not cooking. And because this isn't just like a one-on-one treatment facility, there's a lot of motherfucking clients here. So not only am I now the cook, but I have to cook for 20 fucking people, bitch. This might just be the first rehab where people come and actually lose weight. mm I, nowhere on my resume, people, does it say I cook. Ask my fucking own child. Because, ironically enough, during his first week of school this year, when it asked him to tell his class about his family, that was one of the facts he gave about his mother was, she doesn't cook very well. Thanks, kid. At least you were honest. Um, Because I don't cook very well. I can put a sandwich together, a salad, mean bowl of cereal. It's got to be something that's like two steps that doesn't involve flame or a microwave. That's the only things I cook. Why the fuck would you make me the cook? Especially when you didn't hire me as one. If you had ran that by me during the interview process, I would have just told you, thank you for your time. Good luck finding what you're looking for because I'm not it. I don't cook shit. Ugh. But because I'm so thankful for this job and really don't want to lose it because of all the reasons I just listed a minute ago, you know, my son, my mental health, my paycheck, whatever, I'm just going to try to make it work. And luckily, the food manager that was working in the facility and was kind of, you know, running the show in terms of the food, she is the shit. She's actually like, I feel like she's my long lost twin, not visually, not identical physically at all. Um, Actually, in terms of our physical appearance, we're quite opposite. We're both cute, but polar opposites. The only thing we physically have in common is that we're both blind as fucking bats. But that's okay. That was a bonding moment right there that me and her had because we have never met anybody in our whole entire lives that had glasses the size of ours. We put Coke bottles to shame. I mean, we could probably... If you put our prescriptions together, I'm pretty sure you could see Venus. So... Her and I were like kindred spirits. Luckily. Because she was very patient with my ass in the kitchen. I didn't even know how to fucking cut a bell pepper. So... To say my skills were limited and this bitch made uh, a miracle out of me is putting it lightly. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I'm still not a cook. They just really what, what they did to accommodate my lack of cooking skills is they just put on the menu for any day I was working, sandwiches, maybe chili dogs if we wanted to really get fancy. Yeah, so I was made the cook. Not exactly the uh, life-changing future I had planned for myself, but that's okay. That's okay, because I still got the job. So it still comes up with the same pay. It's still, you know, whatever. Stay positive, Lindsay, right? Right. So I'm hired as the cook. And like I said, these facilities are all men. And there's fucking at least, on any given day, there's at least 15 people in there. Maybe 12 at the, at the lowest. Like the smallest amount of people I've seen in there is, is it not lower than 12. And I think that's even being generous. There's like at least a coup 15, 20 motherfuckers, full grown men, mind you. Who are all picky as shit and complain about the fucking food, whether I'm cooking it or not. So it's basically like having 20, you know, full-sized toddlers bitching and moaning. And uh, it's like babysitting big babies. But to be fair... These guys were in there just trying to get their shit together. And they weren't all like that. There were actually a couple who helped me out in the kitchen. And if it hadn't been for those motherfuckers, I might have quit a lot earlier and just set the whole place on fire. I did meet a lot of really interesting, cool people who I hope to know for the rest of my life. But they were a select few. The majority of those motherfuckers, um, they just drove me nuts. I think it would not have been as, you know, to the point of psychosis... One, if they hadn't made me the cook. It would have been cool if I could have just pushed paper and maybe talked to people about what their feeling word was for the day. But the staffing was such an issue. I mean, I should have known that the staffing was an issue when they hired my ass as the cook. That shows me you guys are working with bare minimum numbers in terms of staff. And when I say bare minimum, I mean bare minimum Now, call me crazy. Maybe I was just being a little sensitive or shy or, you know, whatever. But I did not feel comfortable being in a house as a woman with 20 men as the only staff member. Let that sink in real quick. Imagine if you have a daughter, anybody who's got a daughter or a sister or your mom, whoever. Some female in your life, would you be comfortable with them working In a facility where there is no other staff. She's all by herself. And there are 20 clients who are violent offenders, um, sexual predators, and all of which are kicking drugs. Sounds like a perfect storm of a lawsuit to me. But they, you know, they were going to take their chances because they, I don't think they had a choice. And because my stupid ass is so worried about losing this goddamn dumb job, I'm just like, it's okay. (laughs) Oh, I don't mind. I don't mind. I'll do a double. Fuck it. At least that's how it was in the beginning. Cuz the way this place should be advertised is <sighs> we're putting band-aids on broken people here. And it's not to say that they don't have a chance at success cuz I don't want to I don't want to limit anybody's future or hopes by saying something like that because it's possible for anyone if they set their mind to it, it doesn't have to be a set of ideal circumstances for people to change their lives. We've all known those, those anomaly, awesome, inspiring stories where people just had everything going against them and they still came out on top. Yay! Um, that's not this place. Again, they were working on expired food with one staff to 20 clients. So to say their needs were being met in terms of having a healthy, safe recovery or at least a fulfilling one or possibly a successful one, it's just that wasn't a thing. We're in fantasy land now, Junior. Um... So I lasted, let's see if it was, I got hired in July, July, August, July to August, August to September, September to October, October to the beginning of November. Four months, bitch. That's, I mean, in all honesty, I've quit jobs sooner than that. I've actually walked away from a lot of jobs. Almost every, uh, 99% of the jobs I've had, I've quit. And for way less reasons than what this place gave me. I left a job just because uh, they wouldn't, leave like i remember going to this job where they said i couldn't leave the building for my lunch break bitch i'm gonna be doing whatever the fuck i want if i clock out including leaving this goddamn building say i won't they let me leave and i just never came back there's been a lot of jobs that i've walked away from because you know they yelled at me for being on my facebook well fuck this place bitch it's gonna go to hell in a handbasket without me or sometimes I don't even care if I was doing a good job or not. Like I've walked away from good jobs, state jobs, like jobs that could have had me set for life with retirement and health care and all the shit. I'm just like, eh, no, not doing it because, you know, I got to walk upstairs or some dumb shit. This place, I actually really tried to ignore major red flags, serious warning signs, obvious safety risks, all because I was just so happy to have it. So now I see why people get played when they're desperate for something. And as much as I want to blame the clients for driving me to the point of insanity, it was nowhere any at any point in time was it really on them why I quit. Oftentimes, I think people will say that it's not the job that stresses them out, but the people they work with. And that couldn't have been any truer than at Archway. This place is really disorganized, to say the least. And the way that they train, or should I say not train, their new staff, it's laughable. Um. Considering that this can be a pretty serious environment, like some of these people need to graduate this program in order to not go back to jail. Some of these people are there because it's their last shot. Like there was some old motherfuckers in there, some 60, 70-year-olds who were in there trying to get their shit right, finally. But they could croak in their sleep. They're so goddamn old. Depending on what their drug was, I'm surprised they're still here at all. (sighs) The stories and sad sacks of... People that would come through there were it's every day was heartbreaking. I cried more at that job when I heard people's stories than I've ever cried in my life. I swear to God. I never knew I was such a goddamn baby. And maybe it's partly because I do try to just have empathy empathy for people who have had a hard life or a, you know, a shit hand dealt to them in this reality of ours. But also it would be a very humbling experience to hear these people's stories to hear about all the loved ones they lost to hear about what they lost during their addiction to hear about the crazy things they survived and shouldn't have you know and meanwhile I'm sitting here thinking about my drug story which is basically my trauma was being fat and bored you know I'm that person who had every opportunity and just eh, (laughs) I'm not interested I want to go live in the streets let me go see what this underworld's about I bet I could do it That's my story. These people who have had parents on drugs, who maybe didn't even know their parents, uh, whose parents have died, whose parents they last saw when they were telling them that they couldn't be bothered with them. And, you know, really heartbreaking shit. The whole just working with this population is sad. It's like working with old people, you know, at some point, you know, they're going to die and you're just going to come to work one day and their bed be made and all their shit's gone. That's traumatic. And these clients here all have a story and at the end of the day, they're all human, even even the ones who are always written off by society. Um, there was a, a small percentage of clients here who were what everybody, at least at the job, referred to as 290s, meaning they caught some type of sexual <laughs> case. Maybe it was something with a minor, maybe they were pissing in a park, I don't know. There's a lot of ways to get on that list, but oftentimes these individuals... Have a past that is known, or at least people find out about it at some point, and it is held against them for the rest of their lives. I don't think they ever really feel comfortable being in any population because they just assume everybody knows. And it's not to say that I um, you know, I'm not supporting sex offenders. I'm not uh I'm not encouraging that type of behavior, but I do stand by my belief in that nobody's born bad. This world chews us up and spits us out, and sometimes the, you know, results are not flattering and It's a tragedy all around. But there's people here that really need to get their shit together. And this program is falling short all over the place. And it all starts with leadership because attitude reflects leadership. Success rates reflect leadership. People don't fail on their own. Staff don't quit because they just I mean, I guess I did at one point. But in this field, this has to be a field that you care about doing. Like it's like teaching where you don't get paid dick, but you just love it so much. You'll do it more often than not. I think that is how staff begin their career in this type of field. But if they go to work at a place like this, they're going to be discouraged incredibly quick. The type of shit I would have to hear from my superiors, it was nothing ever about the job. I had one bitch in my face telling me that part of their dress code here at this job is we cannot wear tank tops. You know what this bitch was wearing as she said that to me? She looked me dead in my fucking eye and told me, Lindsay, you know what? We can't wear tank tops. She's wearing a tank top. I look behind me and I'm like, bitch, who the fuck are you talking to? The mirror? What are you talking about? I'm not wearing a... I'll never wear a tank top. I don't like my arms. I'll sweat my ass off in a long sleeve or a short sleeve before I ever wear a tank top willingly, okay? So I'm not sure why the fuck you felt the need to inform me that. They also were always very um, persistent or insistent that I understand what it means to establish boundaries. Bitch, I can establish boundaries when I'm not the only one here. When it is just me and 20 motherfuckers, I have to assume that Half of these pickup lines they're spitting at me all goddamn day are just distractions so that the dickheads over here in the corner can get away with, I don't know, smelling bath salts or something. At some point, like, you know, boundaries are blurred because it's just me there. I can't even keep the name straight, let alone the goddamn boundaries. Fuck out of my face. So not only did I get hired as a cook when I was told I was going to be a rec tech, not only... Is this place disorganized as fuck? Not only was it just an unsafe work environment, but, uh, you know, I think this place is up to no good. And I wish I had a little bit more uh, information under my belt before I did this episode because I know that they are abusing government funds. I know that they are probably lying in terms of what they say they need for payroll because I'm the only person there. If they say that payroll is breaking their bank, they are full of shit. You got to actually have fucking staff there to say that payroll is what is breaking you. Because it's not. And I know it's not the food because we get all this donated old shit. I know it's not client care because uh, they're not getting any. You can see that with the rate of recidivism. I think I said that word right. I'm not sure what it's going to take for this place to really be caught out or seen for what it is. But we're going to start with this podcast and hope it gets somewhere. There is no recovery happening there. It's cash flow. Thankfully, like I said earlier, I did meet some really really awesome people and I think I met all the ones that I was supposed to meet in my time there um one of which I do plan on doing a podcast with him and I just connected another one who I probably see there are people there that I really developed a serious severe sincere deep heartfelt care for like I want to see them happy I really want to help them in any way I can to just be good and successful because I would just be heartbroken if something happened to them There's some drugs out there that are so fatal. And it only takes once. That's why this place really needs to step their shit up. It's amazing to me how much this place gets away with by just being able to blame it on the population that they serve. For example, if an addict graduates and they come back within a week. Oh, that's because they're addicts. It's not because our program sucks dick. That's just addicts. That's how addicts are. It's no excuse. That's a cop out. And it's a cop out directly gambles with people's lives. And not just the individuals that are there, for their families, for their friends, for the society and community as a whole. Shame on this place. Um I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. Although I don't want to look for another job and it's gonna kinda of suck to have to in the mean and in between time having no fucking money. Luckily I'm in a position where it's not so crucial. You know, again I'm pretty blessed with the support that I have and the people in my life that basically take care of me. This adult dependent that I am. Um, But yeah, maybe I was only meant to work there just to be in the environment long enough to call it on its bullshit. Because the few times I was expressing concerns like, I don't know, being in a facility by myself with 20 fucking drug kicking men or having to transport violent sexual offenders in my own personal vehicle. You know, if I brought that to their attention, you want to know what they did? They didn't switch my position. They didn't change their policies. No, they just cut my fucking hours. Bastards. All right, well, now I got nothing but free time on my hand, bitch. So let me just sit here and sing your not-so-flattering praises real quick. Uh, For everybody that hung in there with me this whole time or at least is listening to this and giving me another chance, I show do appreciate you. Uh, One kind of ironic thing that I'm going to share with you guys is you guys know how I like to secretly record people, right? And maybe, like, I don't know, a week before I decided to fucking quit this place. I thought it might be kind of funny to have a audio reference for later down the road. I wasn't really sure why I was doing it, but maybe that was God's will for me to, in fact, do it. Because this recording I'm going to share with you is what a typical morning looks like in that facility with 20 men as a cute girl. The first, I don't know, two minutes of it is just 20 good mornings. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> morning. Just saying good morning to 20 motherfuckers is already enough to put me kind of on an impatient edge. But then when I have 20 of those motherfuckers coming to my office, talking about... Or my office, the office, so they can get their meds, which some of which have whole goddamn pharmacies in their fucking locker. I mean, it looks like CVS in there minus the mile-long receipts. Um, you hear me say good morning, then you hear me fucking up somebody's meds because there's just so many people in my face all the goddamn time that I'm not always paying attention or I can't really. It's like my brain cannot focus on all these goddamn things because... The reason why staffing issues are so detrimental, not just to the staff that have to carry the weight for however many are supposed to be there, but also for the clients. Rules in rehab are set up for people to be completely dependent on the facility that they are in. It's pretty standard practice in any most facilities I know of that you're not allowed to have your cell phone. You're not allowed to have any devices where you can have communication with the outside world. Making phone calls or having visits or just leaving the facility and coming and going, that's not a thing unless it's pre-approved. These these clients weren't even allowed to have the TV remote. And when they were allowed to, like, kind of maybe make a selection for what they wanted to watch on Netflix, it had to be PG-13. I don't know why. I don't know any drug addict who feels a PG-13 is going to scar them more than a fucking, you know? Come on. Most of us drug addicts, we have seen some shit. We have done some shit. We have tried to forget about some of that shit that we've done because it was just so dark and disgusting. I don't think Rambo is going to, you know, throw us into a fucking hissy fit. We weren't even allowed to have the remote. They're not allowed in the kitchen. They're not allowed this. There's only two bathrooms. So basically, anytime a client needs some assistance, they have to come and ask staff for that assistance. And when there's only one staff... And 20 people have requests. I'm bound to snap on one of the motherfuckers. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in, but it might be number four. It might be number 18, but who knows? It's not fair to them. They are the ones who are really in need of the service. I liked having a job. I want them to keep their lives more than my job, though. I'll find another job. Rehab and drug recovery is probably one of the hardest things any person would ever have to experience. If they find themselves in an addiction and are trying to get better from it, that's when the real work starts. And when there is not enough people who say they're there to help you, actually are there to help you, can't help you because there's just not enough hands to help, we're falling short. We're not doing them any justice, any kind of, you know, it's them that's going to suffer. This sucks for me right now, but I'm not going to suffer the way these clients are going to and they just need the help. They just need people to treat them like human beings. Can't have food in your room. You gotta do that. You can't eat the phone. And I mean every day I'm basically doing 20 good mornings, having to deal with 20 bullshit-ass pickup lines, then getting 20 dumb-ass fucking requests all day. Lindsay, can I use the phone? Lindsay, do you mind if I go in the kitchen and get some breakfast because I wasn't here on time even though breakfast is the same time every fucking day. I just couldn't get up. Lindsay, can I get some tobacco? Lindsay, are you going to the store later? Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. Ah! trust I'll be taken out of fucking grievance for a stress leave or some type of hostile work environment I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do but I'm gonna wrap up this podcast first and foremost and then after you hear me say goodbye there's gonna be a little clip of what uh just the interactions that I would have to deal with whilst working at this fucking horrific hell of a place okay Again, thank you guys for hanging in there with me. Thank you for stopping by again and listening and giving me another chance. Thanks for taking me back. I appreciate it. I won't let you down, at least not for a while. And yeah, listen up and you'll hear what it was like working at this bullshit ass job. Hey. Good morning. morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Um, no. Good What's up? How are you? Um, no. Good morning. 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 morning. How are you? Morning. God, check it out. You look dead. You alright? Fucking asshole. Huh? I said asshole. Wait, you wanted to take your bupren? Yeah. You know you just take your limitrogen, right? Let me do Okay. Oh, this one's supposed to be a bedtime. Fuck. Fuck, Lindsay. Pay attention. Jesus. God. I almost want to tell you to go throw that up. All right. Go throw it up real quick before you take that one. I'm not throwing it up. Why not? I don't like throwing it up. God damn it. Fuck. Thank you. That's a fat ass ring. You mean, No. Engaged, I guess. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you, you actually in a relationship? Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought I, had, I thought I had a chance. Is that a surprise? Yeah. That's hella funny. Yeah. Goofball? Yeah. Is that the uh, no nah, you're not you're not reaching by your baby daddy, right? No, fuck not. no. I'm just new guy that you with? you choose your good? Yeah. That's fine. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yes. You're for the people. I love that. Man. <laughs> Can I check can I help you out please? Logan? We're going yours go if you want. Got any trash that needs to go out? No, we're good. Thank you. you. No, I'm an Aries. Aries. The best one. Mom, um, what's your star sign? What are you what's my sex sign? Your star oh, sign. Your sex sign is too. What's your what's your What's your uh, uh when's your uh, birthday? My birthday's in February with this dude. Oh so you're Aquarius. Aquarius. I like Aquarius. Aquarius. Man. I like Aquarius. My dad's an Aquarius. Is he my boyfriend? Yeah. Oh my. Oh. You know what they say? What? The daughter shall date the guy that acts like their dad. Mm Mm-hmm. Do I look like your dad? No. Damn it. (laughs) This dude rips ass and it smells hell bad. You know I me? Mean? Yes. Can you gas it up? No, I don't do that, dude. Yes, yeah, you do. You Miss Lindsay don't want to hear that. What she wants to hear is <laughs> how, how how much money you're going to give her. Give no. me some money, though. Damn, you make me out to be a like someone. No, no, us, us, me and you. I'm a hooker, too. Trust me. I'm a hooker, too. too. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you, I'm just joking. I'm excited. You guys want to call it, please? Some what? Coffee? There's nobody in the kitchen. No, I was. Gonna, I, I would like you to do it. Um, sure. I'm make you it. the coffee. Damn. I'm Sorry, gonna... it's not like that over here. This is <laughs> not the fucking Marriott. Don't turn my brown eyes blue. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong, gangster. Okay. You, you tell me to fuck off. I didn't tell you to fuck off. When did I tell you to fuck off? Basically, by not pushing me no coffee, it's a lot. No, I told you I'm not making you no motherfucking coffee. I didn't tell you to fuck off. <laughs> 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 I'm just sensitive now. Come on, girl. This That's how I deal knows? with all you motherfuckers all day. Just yeah, that's hard. a lot. That's, I mean, that's a lot. 20 of you guys. Yeah, it's just too fucking much. Yeah. You mean, she get paid more. I agree. Or at least give me another motherfucking staff member. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. I'll cheer. Like, how how, how, how could they expect you to juggle fucking 20 fucking retards at once? I don't know. Well, I should say, I should say about. Let's say fifteen, because there's probably five of us that are legit. You know what I mean, but the rest, but the or rest like are need him. to wear a helmet or some shit. Fuck, <laughs> man! Like, what was the next one? It's not, it's not even that, but like, like, what if, what if two, what if you guys got, oh somebody got into a fight right now, what the huh. fuck am I supposed to do? Call, supposed to call the cops, I guess. Then your cop call though. Or what if I cou- were to like just, I don't know, pass out, <clears> and have a seizure or some shit? Like, there's a lot of reasons why somebody you know, you be sure Narcan, you you should. You show a Narcan, you show a Narcan thing up their ass and fucking let it all, let it go off. You know what I mean? Just, how do I just shove something up their ass? Well, you gotta pull their pants down and spread their cheeks. My <laughs> stupid bummer. <wonder. laughs> you thought about this. <laughs> huh? uh, I just on the fly. That's how smart I am. You, you can tell he's done that before. You're one of the helmet motherfuckers. No! <laughs> I'm going to shower. I love you. because <laughs> they keep bugging me, Michael. Bugging the shit out of me non stop. Yeah, hey, we gotta go through y'all to get everything. That's the problem. Yes, That's yes. the fucking problem. I agree. Y'all give us no fucking freedom. You guys gotta go through every- You guys have to go through us for everything and when it's just one of us. Fuck bullshit, yeah. So many of us, yeah. Y'all get that's overwhelmed. We... What? Are we going on a walk today? What? Are we going on a walk? Um, we can. And she, she don't want to go on a walk right now. She got shit she's- No, doing. I don't- she, she's I don't mind. Right Cause they are always in my face bothering me. All right, everybody, that about wraps it up for today. We got another one in the books. Thank you again so much for your listening support. I can't tell you how much it means to me. If you ever want to shout me out or come see what else I'm up to when I'm not in your speakers, feel free. I'm on Instagram at Bad Cow Podcast, Facebook on Bad Cow Podcast Show. And if you ever want to reach me directly, you can do so at badcowpodcastshow at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you. See you next time. Bye. Ah!